It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic today. It's September 14th, 2020. My name is Phil Rosserich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. As I mentioned online, doing something a little bit different. So if you're expecting to have Locked On Magic like first thing in the morning, I am changing my recording schedule up just a little bit, uh, hoping to record more in the in the mornings, kind of later mornings rather than uh, overnight, uh, just because I'm I'm trying to enjoy my off season just a little bit. But we should still be able to get you a daily podcast, at least for the time being, a regularly daily podcast, at least for the time being. Of course, if you're looking to learn about other teams around the NBA, whether it's the Nuggets, Clippers, Heat, Celtics, or Lakers, you can check out all those great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just search for whatever, whatever team you're looking for. Uh, search Locked On and whatever team you're looking for wherever you download podcasts today. Whether it's the NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, or College 2, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Just search wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your next order. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk about the future and a word that Jeff Feldman doesn't always like and that's culture. We're going to talk about it in one specific context at least, and it's a context that provided a hair of controversy when I proposed it, but it's one that I think is a really important point to make with some distinctions that are necessary too. The fact of the matter is the Orlando Magic, after two straight playoff appearances and records slightly above, slightly below 500, are capped out. 
people generally think, oh, you know, if you're, you know, not if you're not winning at a high level, you know, you shouldn't have a payroll as high as Magic. And there's something to that for sure. I think there's, there, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, but you need to have the flexibility to go out and get players that will make you significantly better. If your problem is you're stuck and you're hitting your ceiling, the issue should be uh, having some flexibility to go get better players. And certainly as we've begun to analyze this offseason, begun to analyze what the Magic are going to be able to be able to do, we've run into a wall. Literally, or, or you could say bumped into a ceiling, I suppose. The Magic need to get better. The issue which has been clear from the 2019 playoffs and the 2020 playoffs is their top-end talent is not good enough. Yes, it was great to see Nikola Vucevic have a breakout playoff series, and with all the injuries the Magic had, and, and maybe the Bucks weren't as good, or, or the bubble Bucks at least weren't as good as the regular season Bucks. the Magic just simply did not have enough to compete. Maybe if Aaron Gordon were healthy, maybe if Evan Fournier weren't sick, they would have done a little bit better, but certainly as an 8 seed, beating a 1 seed like Milwaukee would have been tough. Orlando figured some things out. Both Terrence Ross and Nikola Vucevic had great playoff series, but that ain't going to do it. That ain't going to get the Magic out of the first round. That ain't going to get the Magic where they want to be. In fact, this season, injuries notwithstanding, was supposed to be the Magic taking that next step. Maybe Orlando doesn't get out of the first round this year. But the idea was the Magic would compete for home court advantage or compete for a higher seed, give themselves a real chance to win a playoff series. That obviously didn't happen. Instead, the Magic stagnated at best and regressed at worst. I would argue that the Magic had a slight regression this year. Some of it accounted by injuries, but not all of it. And so the Magic are at a bit of a crossroads. Not only is their best young player now on the injured list for the year with Jonathan Isaac's torn ACL. But the Magic do have to figure out, how do we get this team better? And as I said, if I were Jeff Wiltman, it would be on my whiteboard, how do I make this team better? And undoubtedly, that does mean top-end talent. That does mean starter-level players. And with the Magic only having the mid-level exception to spend this offseason in free agency, the chances of getting better by that route are very small. This is the reality. The Magic may very well, once again, roll this team back and try it again next year. And as much as I agreed with the decision to bring back Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross over last offseason, I cannot agree with this decision to try it again, at least completely the same, next season. Regardless of the Jonathan Isaac injury, Orlando does need to begin making this team look like the team it ultimately wants to become. But how will the Magic do this? How will the Magic make this move? How will the Magic take this step up if they don't have cap room? Obviously, trades are the only way they're going to do it. And the question that we will try to answer throughout the most of the offseason, at least before the trade season really begins, is how do the Magic position themselves to make the kind of deals that are necessary? Because it's a precarious situation. When you're moving money around, you could take on more money. You could take on, you know, dead, you know, sort of dead money. There's a lot of things that the Magic can still do. And the question is whether they can extract value from a Nikola Vucevic, from an Evan Fournier, from Aaron Gordon, from a Terrence Ross. Whether they can turn those big salaries into either a combination of players that will help them get better, eventual cap room, or the one player that ties the whole thing together. 
We are expecting a busy trade season this year with very few free agents available. We are expecting a, a, a lot of teams to be looking to make big moves. And the Magic will certainly be a part of that. With so few teams having cap room and so few quality free agents, if teams are looking to get better, trades are the only way they will. And that's why I see some similarities between the Magic and at least one of the Eastern Conference finalists. It is a comparison that makes Magic fans maybe a little bit uneasy. But it's one that I think is apt with some key distinctions. We'll talk about how the Orlando Magic are very similar to the Miami Heat coming up. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So, I've been banning this about for a little while. I've had this thought in my head about what a rebuilding path looks like. What a team looks like when they're capped out. And how you can still be successful even if you don't have a lot of financial flexibility. Even if you're a team stuck in the middle without financial flexibility. And the Miami Heat are a great example of what a team can do when they're bold, when they're aggressive and when they know exactly what they want. There are important distinctions that I'm going to make in this comparison, but the basic premise is the same. I want to take you back two years ago. The Miami Heat are out of the playoffs, or struggling to stay in the playoff picture. They've actually made the playoffs in three of the last six years, but never in consecutive years. And before making their Eastern Conference Finals breakthrough this year, they were stuck in cap hell. And a hell, honestly, worse than the Orlando Magic are right now. In the summer of 2017, the Heat were simply in a disastrous place. People wondered if Miami was finally going to have to tear it all down and start over, do a real, quote-unquote, tanking job. They signed James Johnson to a four-year, $60 million contract, started at $14 million increasing. Hassan Whiteside signed a four-year, $98 million deal the summer before that. That contract will expire at the end of the season. Gordon Dragic got a five-year, $86 million contract. Dion Waiters signed a four-year, $52 million contract. And then, adding to those books, after a breakout 2017 season, Josh Richardson signed a four-year, $42 million extension. And Miami still had Chris Bosh on the books. So 20, the summer of 2017 and the summer of 2018 the Heat had no maneuverability. All those contract numbers, they're, they're big, obviously. And we're talking about deals that are 10 plus million or more. They all add up. It's like I said when I broke down the Magic's cap sheet. You've got Nikola Vucevic making 24, 25 million right now. That's going to be front-loaded, so it'll decrease. You got Aaron Gordon making around 20. You got Terrence Ross at 12. You got Evan Fournier at 17. Those numbers don't seem very big, and maybe independently, they look okay, but they add up, and they fill your cap sheet. The Miami Heat's cap sheet was filled 
with tons of these contracts. And you look at James Johnson starting at $14 million even, that seems exorbitant. Hassan Whiteside at four years, $98 million, when they signed that deal, you know, a $20-plus million contract, it looked like Whiteside was about ready to develop into the center of the future. Well, that didn't quite turn out. Goran Dragic is a nice role player, but a contract for him that's five years, 86, that's, you know, that seems reasonable, I suppose. In isolation, all these contracts might have made sense at the time. But collectively, just like the Magic, collectively, they add up, clog your cap sheet, and inhibit your ability to make the kind of big moves that the Miami Heat are certainly known for making, but the kind of big moves that advance your team. And in fact, the Heat could honestly say they were a bit disappointed. In fact, it was the Magic that eliminated the Miami Heat from playoff contention last season. Turing of all days, Chris Powell, maybe not, not fully eliminated, but this was a big turning point in the season. Then the Magic came back and defeated the Miami Heat on their home floor on Chris Bosh's jersey retirement ceremony. The Heat were stuck in cap hell. A lot of big contracts, a very low ceiling. The only thing saving the Miami Heat is a big distinction that they have. They are crazy good drafters. But that's not the story we're going to tell. Not yet. That's a part of the story and a part of the distinction. But that's not the story to tell here. The story to tell here is how the Heat got out of cap hell. And it happened because a free agent, because they were aggressive in free agency still, and someone wanted to be there. Again, another important distinction which we will get into in a minute. Over the summer of 2019, the Heat completely transformed themselves. They dealt Hassan Whiteside. They did a salary dump of Hassan Whiteside. They did a salary dump of Josh Richardson to help make the Jimmy Butler sign-in trade happen. They almost traded Goran Dragic, remember. The Heat essentially decided we'd rather have cap room and go after the big fish and Jimmy Butler than to hold on to these salaries. And so what they did in one summer is simply astounding. It is, it is remarkable what Pat Riley was able to accomplish. They found a free agent target. They chased him. They got him to sign, or, or to agree to sign. And then they proceeded to dump all their big salary. They found a home for Hassan Whiteside, getting back a quality player in Myers Leonard in the process. They traded away Josh Richardson as part of the Jimmy Butler deal. Again, they nearly traded away Goran Dragic. And all of a sudden, not only did they move their money around enough to absorb the new contract from Jimmy Butler they suddenly found themselves in a pretty favorable cap position. The Heat are expected to be players in the 2021 free agent class. I'm not here to tell you the Magic are going to be able to do this because the Miami Heat have a few advantages that make sense, that help them in this process. They have Pat Riley, who essentially in free agent meetings sits down, puts his rings on the table, and says, do you want this? That's how he got LeBron James to sign. That's how he gets everyone to sign. Pat Riley is a master salesman. And he has the cash and the gravitas to do it. The Heat, much to Magic fans' chagrin, is one of the most successful franchises in the NBA. They're like the Spurs. Since 1995, the Heat have missed the playoffs just six times. And three of them have come in the last six years. They've been able to convince big free agents to come to Miami. 
And some of that is certainly because Miami is a popular place for young people, especially because remember, we're dealing with kids, you know, 25, 26, 27, 28, you know, the 30-year-olds may not want to go to Miami as much as the 25-year-olds when they when they first hit free agency. But Miami is, 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 a, is an exciting destination. They have a Hall of Fame coach in Eric Spolstra. So the Heat, the Heat have advantages the Magic have. The Magic aren't going to sit there and go after the big free agent right now. They're not going to be able to convince a free agent to agree to a sign-in trade and then move their money around to make it happen. That's an advantage the Heat have, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the Magic are going to be able to do that. But Miami is always bold, and they're always aggressive. But more importantly, more often than not, they make the right decisions. Because it's not just about the free agents they decide, it's the players they draft. The C team would be nowhere without Justice Winslow. The C team, or not Justice Winslow, excuse me, without Duncan Robinson. The C team would be nowhere if they didn't have Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo made it okay to get rid of Hassan Whiteside, to essentially dump him for nothing. Well, they got Myers Leonard, but... That was essentially the goal was to get rid of him and maintain cap flexibility. The Magic may very well be in that position if Mo Bamba develops the way that they hope he develops, making Nikola Vucevic a little bit more expendable. Right now, I don't think that's the case. But essentially, the Heat said, we don't reset. We don't don't start over. We reset. We've identified players that fit our culture, that fit what we want to do. We convince them to come, and then we find a way to make it work. And I would honestly say this is something that the Magic have not been strong at throughout their entire history, to be frank. They have really struggled to identify players that fit who they want to be and then do whatever they need to do to get them. As I've said before, especially when it comes to this year's draft, if there's a guy at the top of this draft that Jeff Weltman is convinced is his guy, go get him. Go get him. Especially in the draft. If there are guys that fit who you are, do what you have to do to get them. Work for the Jazz when they got Donovan Mitchell. Work for the Heat when they when they when they move around in the draft the way that they do. And so I do think that is something that the Magic have to be willing to do this offseason. They have to be aggressive and assertive. But as Weltman said, it's all got to be calculated risk. Because there are no free agents lining up to come to Orlando right now. There are no free agents in this free agent class probably worth pushing all those chips into the middle of the table. But if there's a trade opportunity, if there's a guy that really fits what you want to do, and you have maybe a year or two to convince him that this is the place to do it, maybe this is the time to make the all-in move. The same kind of all-in move that Riley made in going after Jimmy Butler. Obviously, a little bit less of a risk with that. That seemed like a, a slam dunk. And obviously, they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. The other area that the Magic do have to be better at is they have to be better at drafting. And not just drafting in the first round, drafting in the second round. And that's where Jeff Wellman has been probably his weakest as, as a front office executive with the Orlando Magic. And I want to spend some time now on the back end of the show talking about how the Magic need to improve their G League development and their second round drafting to fulfill this prophecy. But let me just make this perfectly clear. The Magic are not the Miami Heat. They're not going to be able to go get a free agent. They're not going to be able to to build the exact same way the Heat have or in the same kind of quick turnaround time. I bring this example up, though, only to make that observation that the Heat were stuck in cap hell. And a cap situation, honestly, worse than the Magic's. 
They were $200,000 beneath the luxury tax entering the 2019 season, entering last season. And that team fell short of the playoffs. The Magic, Magic have a little bit more cushion between them and the luxury tax, but it's not much more. But the point of this exercise is to show that with a little bit of patience and a little bit of aggression, teams that are at the cap or right up against the luxury tax can make dramatic improvements. The question is, which player, which guy, is Jeff Weltman willing to push all in for? Because he's probably only got one of these in the chamber. And it's got to be the right guy and the right decision. But I'm here to tell you that it is very, very possible that the Magic can make this kind of improvement, can make this kind of move, and they can get a whole lot better very, very quickly. Before we dive into a little bit of the two-way and G-League question, let me tell you a little bit more about Built Bar. I actually just got uh, my new shipment of Built Bar boxes. I, I usually get a pack of three, get three different flavors, uh, and, I, I, fr- and I, I frankly love the three original flavors that I bought. I'm just finishing up my last box right now. I've got this cho- chocolate vanilla that's extremely good. I don't even know if they offer it anymore, but it's very, very good. I was very happy with it. I loved all of the flavors. And I was like, you know, I'm ready to try more. So I got a few, I got like one flavor that I'd already tried, the, the double chocolate chocolate uh, uh, bar, uh, double chocolate mousse. Um, and then I got some new flavors like cookies and cream uh, and, and a couple others that I'm really, really excited to try. I have never been this excited for energy, for energy bars, for protein bars in my life. They're usually nutty and crunchy and they taste like granola bars or they taste just a little bit off. I can tell you that when you eat a built bar, it feels like you're eating a candy bar. They come in great flavors too, like I said. Cookies and cream, carrot cake. Uh, that'll be in my next order probably. German chocolate, which is very, very good. Banana bread. Everyone loves banana bread, right? Double chocolate mousse, probably my favorite flavor. They're all covered in 100% chocolate and soft and easy to chew. They even work. They even play nice with the Florida sun here. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Great for keto diets. They're delicious candy, essentially candies, that don't break your calorie bank, so to speak. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. So, obviously... 
I do think the Heat are a model of how the Magic can build and rebuild fairly quickly. It is not impossible. And I think that's just, that's, that's the big takeaway I want from this. Is that, yes, it feels like the Magic are stuck bumping up against their ceiling. Yes, it feels like the Magic don't have a lot of paths forward, especially with the Jonathan Isaac injury now. But that is wrong. This is the NBA. Crazy stuff happens all the time. And so the question is, what player are the Magic going to target? Who do the Magic think they can get? And how aggressive are they going to be? What are they willing to give up to get that person? So again, like Jeff Waltman said, it is all about calculated risk. It is all about figuring out how much to invest in a player that you are trying to acquire. And that's that's the trick of every general manager. It's not just a Weltman issue. It is That is a question that every GM in this league faces. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, oh yeah, the Magic will be able to go get a, a high-level free agent and make it all work. That's, that's not what I'm saying. That's not at all what I'm saying. The Heat are the Heat. You know, they, they have advantages, like I said, that the Magic don't have. And that's just a product of the franchise and the organization, the culture that they have built. The Magic are still building that culture. They've proven over the last two years that they can make the playoffs. And that is a step in the right direction. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you think that the playoffs are meaningless, especially if you're, you know, a 33 and 40 team or whatever it was. The Magic probably were going to end up as a 38 or 39 win team, which still doesn't sound great, but is certainly better. Um, you know, you know, they, 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 they probably would have finished roughly three games under where they were last year. but So they've established some consistency. Um, and I do think that's important to free agents. You know, if I'm a free agent or if the Magic eventually, you know, let, let's say the Magic make that all-in move like they made with Serge Ibaka. Making that Serge Ibaka trade as a 25, as a, you know, 35-win team over a 40-win team is very, very different. And then, frankly, that Magic team wasn't really a 35-win team anymore. It was more like a 30-win team at that point. Um, the Magic are in a better position to kind of make the, the the type of deal that they made when they traded Victor Oladipo way back when. Again, well, that that deal was was. Uh, well, I do still think that that idea that deal was the right idea. They made the wrong move. They invested in the wrong guy, and eventually, yes, that's what gets GMs hired or fired. Picking the right players to add to your team. But the reality is, the Heat also have one more advantage over the Magic, and this is probably the most concerning and troubling thing about the Orlando Magic and how they've decided to rebuild over the over the last few years. The Heat are masters at identifying talent, developing them, and finding them in in spaces where where you don't find talent. Josh Richardson was a, was a second round pick, if I'm not mistaken, and developed into a guy that they felt comfortable giving a ten plus million dollar contract for. Who on the Magic's doing that? You know, OG Ananobi, Norman Powell on the Raptors, Fred Van Vliet on the Raptors, guys that Jeff Weltman helped identify and draft. I don't think Van Vliet was actually, but but you get the you get the gist. The Raptors have been able to supplement their roster by finding guys in their G League pipeline and in the late draft to boost them. And they have players who have grown up in their system helping them win. They obviously didn't win this year but that helped them win last year, helped them get the second seed this year. Some of the better teams in the league all have this kind of a pipeline. Their G League teams are the seeding grounds for their rosters. And you look at the Heat, you know, they found a Kendrick Nunn who was kind of discarded and, and put on the trash heap by, by the Golden State Warriors, and some of it for good reason, but he's a player, very clearly a, a, a player in this league. 
Duncan Robinson came from nowhere. He's starting for the Heat. He's going to be, a, you know, he's going to be a, a key player for for a, a, a conference finalist team. Finding these guys is essential to a small market team like the Magic competing. And as frankly, late late draft development has frankly been one of the Magic's biggest weaknesses throughout its entire franchise history, and certainly a weakness in the Jeff Weltman era. Some of it is certainly because of just the reality of the Magic's roster. Magic have a fair amount of young guys who need playing time, uh, and they have a coach who's about establishing a foundation. There are a lot of real criticisms for Steve Clifford, and this is one of them. It is very hard to break into his rotation. To play for Steve Clifford, you have to have Steve Clifford's trust. And if you don't have Steve Clifford's trust, then you're going to do the very basic things. Get back on defense, defend at a decent, or, you know, give effort defensively. You know, play disciplined on offense. You're not going to play. You know, we talked a lot throughout the course of the season about Markel Fultz and why his minutes weren't up or why he wasn't, you know, on the ball as much. And, you know, my only answer is he is still developing trust with Steve Clifford. And something that certainly changed as the season went on and as the Magic's offense began to take off was Fultz had more of Clifford's trust. Clifford gave Fultz more control because he earned that trust. And I would bet, I would venture to guess at the start of the 2021 season, whenever it starts, Fultz will have more of that trust than he's ever had before. And that's going to help the Magic out greatly. But it takes Clifford a while to get there. It takes Clifford a while to entrust young players especially to hold on to those reins and to play the way that he wants to play. As I've said before, there are a number of weaknesses with Steve Clifford. And, and the Magic certainly felt some of those weaknesses throughout the course of the season. But at its very core, Steve Clifford is a foundation-building coach. His job is to teach young players especially the discipline it takes to win. He's there to teach them what you need to do every single day to succeed in this league. And the successes might be small, but considering that a lot of these players spent six years barely winning 30 games... The fact that he's been able to get to -to back-to-back playoffs, something that he never did in Charlotte, by the way, is a sign that that foundation is getting built. And of course, the challenge for Steve Clifford, and it may not be a challenge we address so much in 2021 because I still think a lot of what we're going to see in 2021, especially with some of the trades that I'm anticipating seeing the Magic make, um, will be to continue growing that foundation so that when Jonathan Isaac gets back um, and, and, and the Magic are more invested in Isaac and Fultz, that they'll be able to continue growing off that foundation when he returns. That's just kind of Steve Clifford's approach. Again, it's certainly open to criticism. It certainly suggests that there may not be much more upward growth. But the one thing that does mean is he's not a coach like Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr is a coach where he really does his best to get everyone involved. I remember reading stories about how every so often, maybe every eight or nine games, he would sit Leandro Barbosa in favor of a Quinn Cook or in favor of another player on the roster. He would change his rotation, not change his rotation, so to speak, but he would give the third point guard the backup point guard minutes over a veteran like Leandro Barbosa. And Barbosa understood it, and the coaching staff understood it because it was essentially to reward guys for their effort. It was to give a little bit of a carrot to players on the back end of the bench and give them an opportunity to see what they could do. It was a test. It was a test as much as anything else, too. And when you're the Warriors, you can get away with it because not every game is super important. 
You know, you have Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Kevin Durant to save to save you when you need to. So, you know, maybe that's a strategy that a winning team can get away with. It's not what Stan Van Gundy did when he was here too. Stan Van Gundy was also very controlling and very much about doing things his way and building his team, team you know, with the rotation that he'd set up. But still, guys stepped up when they when they needed to in that with that team. The guys were still prepared and ready to do it. And that's part of the issue, though, with Orlando. We're sitting here in the second year of this two-way contract experiment, and we frankly haven't seen what the Magic's two-way contract players can do. For the second straight year, the Lakeland Magic, or for the third straight year, actually, the Lakeland Magic were set to go to the G League playoffs. After an Eastern Conference Finals appearance uh, in 2019, they were fourth in the, in the Eastern Conference and had some really strong G League players. DJ Johnson was an efficient and ruthless scorer at the G League level. Vic Law was a great shooter and scorer at the G League level. Obviously, you know, Emil Jefferson, who started the year with Orlando, was back in the G League and putting up double-doubles like, like they were in his sleep. Josh Majette, a former two-way contract player for the Magic, um, was a, a skilled passer and playmaker at the G League level. But none of that translated to the NBA, or better, none of those players got the opportunity to see if it translated to the NBA. The only time we really got to see one of the Magic's two-way players step up in a big moment was when B.J. Johnson scored 10 points in the Magic's win over the Los Angeles Lakers in January. He had two really nice steals that ended in dunks, hit a three-pointer, but shot four for nine overall, or four for 10, I believe. It wasn't a bad outing, and B.J. Johnson, you know, again, really good G League year, stepped up in a big spot for the Magic. Now, I think he was weaker in his second stint in the second half, but still, uh, he was a guy that looked, that at least in that moment, looked like he could play a little bit, but that was frankly the only time we saw him play any real meaningful minutes. Coaches will tell you that as good as it is to see players get game experience in garbage time, garbage time minutes aren't real NBA minutes. I hate to say it. I, I'm a gar- I was a garbage time player in high school. I loved playing. I didn't care what the score was. Um, but those minutes aren't real. They're not. Teams don't have their starters in. They're, 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 they're playing their garbage time, guys. It's, it's just pro forma. And, you know, they want to see those players do the right things when they're in in those moments. But it's not real, if that makes sense. And so, and so, we never got to see B.J. Johnson play in real minutes. In fact, in the nine games that he appeared, three of the, he only played more than 10 minutes in three of them. And if I'm not mistaken, six of those nine games were decided by 10 points or more. That Lakers game was the only time we got to see him really play. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he would have been better. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the coaches didn't have information telling them that we can't play this guy. Whenever Steve Clifford talked about the G League guys, whether it's B.J. Johnson, whether it's uh, Josh Majette, whether it was Emile Jefferson, whether it was Vic Law, he sung their praises. They worked hard. They did what they needed to in practice. But they never broke through into the rotation. And again, I get it. If one guy breaks in the rotation, who are you taking out? Wessel Wundu could barely break into the rotation. Another big issue for the Magic that, you know, Wessel Wundu essentially has done everything the Magic have asked of him. You know, he's a utility guy that, that Coach Clifford trusts, but only in very limited circumstances. At the end of the day, Wessel Wundu was not part of the Magic's rotation. And frankly, as, as nice as it would be to have him back, I don't expect the Magic to re-sign him this offseason. I think he's an NBA player. I think he deserves an opportunity to be in rotation somewhere. I think the Magic could have used him in a lot of areas this year. But I don't, and the Magic simply didn't. 
And that is, again, a failure of some sort. These players have to earn their keep. I'm not saying that they're, they deserve minutes just because they're young. That's, that's absolutely not the case. But for a Magic team to succeed in the path that they're rebuilding, in a path similar to what the Miami Heat are doing, they need to develop these players. These players need to make an impact. Because A, they're cheap. Like, but let's, that's, that's the financial reality. And B, these are the players that make the difference between a team that can win at a very high level and a team that's kind of muddling in mediocrity. And if there's one area that Jeff Wellman has to do a better job of, it's taking advantage of late first, early second round picks and finding G League players, finding two-way players that can eventually grow and make a big impact. I like B.J. Johnson. I'm a Northwestern guy. I love Vic Law. I saw nothing from them in the games that we saw that would suggest they're ready for meaningful minutes. So again, as much as I said that you know we didn't get to see them play meaningful minutes, I saw nothing in games that suggested that they are ready for meaningful minutes. And that is part of the problem. They need young guys that it is impossible to keep off the floor. Certainly what they're hoping happens with Mo Bamba here in the next year. But they need, but they need young guys that it is impossible to keep off the floor, that provide that energy and that little bit of boost, you know, maybe the back end of the bench, in the rotation, to take them to the next level. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow me on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore Amin. Of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Be sure to check out the latest episodes of Locked on NBA, Locked on Clippers, and Locked on Nuggets for the latest on Game 7, on Tuesday's Game 7 between the Denver Nuggets and the LA Clippers as the second round of the NBA playoffs gets set to conclude in dramatic fashion. But I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Again, we'll be back with you tomorrow afternoon for another episode of Locked on Magic. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.